0: I'm Chris Van Vliet. Thank you so much for coming back each and every episode and for making this one of the top podcasts in the world. And it's easy. It's easy when you have guests like this. Ted DiBiase Jr. left WWE in 2013 to focus on being a father and some other business ventures that we get into during this conversation. But for the most part, I mean, we really haven't heard a ton from him. So interviews like this are few and far between. So a huge thank you to him for taking the time to chat with us about his life, his career, and life after wrestling. Take a screenshot. Let us know that you're on this ride with us. Tag Ted on Twitter. He's just simply at Ted DiBiase. On Instagram, he is at Ted DiBiase Jr. official. And tag me. I'm at Chris Van Vleet. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I was reading out one review on every single episode with the goal to hit 2000 reviews before my birthday, which was May 19th, we hit that goal and I can't thank you enough for helping us to hit that goal. But as you know, I don't have a Patreon unlike some other creators and I don't charge you to listen to these episodes, which is a crazy idea to me. So this is free to listen to. And here's my free way of saying thank you for being part of the show. So reviews are back. That's my long way of saying reviews are back. So if you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave a review on there and I will start reading one out on every single episode Well, starting this week. I mean, I just read one on the Chocolate Liddell episode on Tuesday and we're doing it now. So moving forward for the foreseeable future, want a free shout out on the show? Take 28 seconds out of your day to write a review on Apple Podcasts. Like this one from... Man, this is a long username. Oh, should I even read it? It's not even a word. It's just G-G-I-U-C-G-H-H-F-Y-K-J. Why did I? Okay. But in Great Britain. Thank you. It's titled Just Amazing. I remember the first interview I watched was the Jericho interview, the one in the backseat of the car. And I was like, cool. But something about it just kept gravitating towards these interviews and something just made it fun and interesting. So I watched the videos over time. And if I saw something that piqued my interest, I would watch it. But since the pandemic, I've been watching every single one, even in the ones I don't usually like their style, like UFC or death matches. My particular favorite this year was the Nick Gage interview. It definitely opens up your eyes to that type of wrestling, even when I'm not keen on that type of sport. Just a phenomenal job, Chris. I look forward to new interviews. And I watched them ASAP. Keep up the amazing job. Well, thank you so much. I wish I knew what your actual name was because that username is, I mean, it, I'm sure you just made that up to write a review, but thank you. Thank you for the very kind words. And I can't wait b- to be back over in the UK once you know, traveling starts to really open up here as these restrictions are lifting. Can't wait to see you guys there. Let's do it. Let's do a live episode in the UK. Oh, I think we're onto something here. Oh man, we have such a good one today. So please welcome Ted DiBiase Jr. Ted, so great to see you. Thank you so much for making the time.
1: Likewise, Chris. Thanks for having me, buddy.
0: You know the you were one of my very first wrestling interviews, and we're taking this way back here. It was yeah when you were promoting the Marine Two. I was hosting a TV show in Toronto in a studio. It was called Inside Jam, and you came by and promoted the film. And yeah, you were one of my very first wrestling interviews. So this is all full circle now.
1: Are you serious? That's crazy, man. That was that was fun. That was like my first full media blitz. You know, I got that uh, the taste of, of what that feels like. So it's, <laughs> it's been a while. I appreciate you having me. Oh man, congrats on all your success. You got a great show.
0: No, thank you. That's very kind. You know, I, I think back to like when you look at your career, you were making movies in WWE just a few years into your career. Like that must've been so mind blowing that you were the guy that they trusted with a film like that.
1: Yeah, honestly it was. And, uh, it it was the culmination of a lot of hard work, just, you know, really believing in yourself, not to sound cheesy or cliche, but you know, it's a message I like to, uh, promote and, and, and spread to others. It, It just, um, you know, I remember in Eldon, Missouri, when I was waking up at like three 57 AM and going and cutting 18 fairways and leaving there and stocking produce at the Hy-Vee grocery store and then leaving there and training as a wrestler, you know, learning how to fall on my back. And then six nights a week, I was sweeping and mopping in the gym floor. And on the weekends, I was folding underwear and t-shirts at the polo factory outlet mall. And, you know, <laughs> to look up one day and, and not only be mainly bidding with some like, of my heroes, uh, to see myself, you know, on the cover of a DVD and being, being trusted to carry a film was just like, that wasn't part of the script, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was something I, uh, one of the best experiences of my, my career there for sure. So much fun. I think a lot of
0: fans like believe the gimmick, you know, your dad was the million dollar man. So then they would assume that his son who has the same name as him, you would be some sort of trust fund kid and everything would
1: just be handed to him. (laughs) Far, far from that, bro. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it was a, it was a gimmick. I wish it was real. That would be nice. (laughs) Um, But there was, you know, the, the micro microscope is, is, it's a lot bigger, you know, when you, when, when your dad, not only a, a former, you know, professional wrestler, but a, a legend, you yeah. know, a Hall of Famer. And, and so there was uh, big shoes to fill, you know, self-expectations that you, you place on yourself. And then, you know, just that feeling, whether people are or not, you know, what, what you feel like the fans would expect from you and and the desire to, you know, really want to carve out <clears throat> your own your own name and, and legacy and, and to prove yourself, man, that's just a, that's a long story. we talk a lot about that.
0: (laughs) I mean, are the expectations that much greater on you? Because not only is your father a legend, like you said, but you also share the same name as him. So are the expectations that much
1: higher? Uh, Personally, I feel like they are. I mean, it's a personal opinion. Um, but yeah, you want to do justice the legacy, you know. When that torch is passed, and, and you're trusted with the opportunity and blessed with the opportunity to you know go out there and and they give you time that they pay a lot of money for on on these networks and and to deliver in, in a short time, you know. The the difference was my dad had, you know, I don't know how many years in in mid south and the territories, you know. Leading up to his career at, at, at WWF at that time. Whereas for me, it was like, you know, I trained for a year uh, in, in Eldon and then I was like four months in uh, Japan. And when I got back, WWE hires me, and a year later, I'm debuting on TV. You know, so this is about two years in the making. And then I'm, you know, here I am, a, a WWE superstar. And my dad introduces me, you know, that May 26th, 2008, I believe it was in Denver, Colorado. So that, I felt the pressure big time that night for sure.
0: Growing up, did you always want to follow
1: in your dad's footsteps and become a wrestler? Yeah. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, you know, there was a, a period where I just didn't think it was going to be um, a possibility because he was pretty adamant about us not wrestling. And, and that was due to a lot of road life and just, you know, his newfound desire later when I was like 10, 11, when he kind of shifted out of the out of the business. Um, you know, and and that focus on having a family, you know, became more in his faith and and things that what what I do cherish now and believe that do matter more than you know being being a global icon or superstar. But you know, when you're watching your dad wrestle Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, Madison Square Garden, it's like watching Batman and Superman go at it. You know what I mean? And would <laughs> right. be like him.
0: When you're growing up around that, like I'm sure that as a kid, you're surrounded by Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and Andre the Giant and all these other legends.
1: Right. Yeah, it's not a normal childhood, bro. <laughs> it's 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 interesting. Uh, and then you meet I love, I love telling the story when I met Andre the Giant, you know, the first time he was sitting in a chair and like two metal chairs and he, I eased up to him and I'm like sticking my hand out. He, he reaches out, sitting down and palms the top of my head. You know, I could like feel his the bridge of his hand here and I can still feel his fingertips like on the back of my neck. He just picks me up like a basketball, you know, it sets me down on <laughs> his leg. He's like, hey, little buddy. And I thought it was so cool. And all day, he's like, standing up, just picking me up by my head. And so weird, <laughs> weird memories like, that, you know, they're not normal.
0: <laughs> so as we sit here right now and chat, you are
1: completely retired from wrestling, right? I, I I'll say, yeah, I, well, you know, um, yeah, as, as of today, I would say yes, you know, but if if somebody called me and, and I, I'd be totally lying to you if I said there wasn't a niche or uh, I, I could still go. And I, I just like to keep doors open, you know, don't burn bridges. If you're going to burn one, blow it up. And, you know, my connection to that world, it's been such a at times it's been like a, a you know, being married sometimes it's just that love hate relationship. My wife's going to watch this and be like, "You hate me?" No, it's just hard. You know, it's hard. And um, but I it's such a, a deep rooted piece of who I am and what I come from. Being a third generation wrestler, my grandfather and grandmother were wrestlers. My father, you know, and so I I leave that door open. But yeah. I, it'd have to be the right scenario for me to get in the ring again.
0: I think that unfortunately a lot of people assume that when they don't see you on WWE television anymore, they just assume, oh, Ted got released. That's it. You know, he must've got released or fired, which is not the situation at all. They wanted to keep you around and you decided that yeah. you didn't want to stay.
1: Correct. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I was offered another five-year deal. Uh, it was generous. and um, And when it came down to it, you know, I was I was battling internally, you know, some things uh, personally uh, that is it's a lot easier for me to talk about now. You know, m- mental health issues it's a big topic. You know, going through some depression and anxiety, but also being a new father, I just knew um, I what I didn't have growing up. You know, although I had this iconic father, you know, <clears throat> who I love dearly, is one of my best friends, and still a hero of mine. Um, he wasn't there at my birthdays. He wasn't at any of my football or soccer games. And, you know, I believe the greatest asset we have in this world, most valuable asset is is our time, you know, mm. because you can't, you're not guaranteed more and you can't get any back that you've used it. So how we use it is very important. And that was one of the greatest gifts I could give my son, you know, who had been born in 2012. And so, with no plan, I left, <laughs> and it, it's we're, we're doing good, man. We're doing good, but yeah, no, that wasn't. Uh, I thought I was going to wrestle and have a, a really long career, and that was kind of part of the the vision in the in the first place. But um, I really believe that it's not what we you know do that defines who we are. It's who we become along the way, and it's what we do with what we've been given. You know, the platform, and and so being there it was like i spent a lot of time focused on myself and how i could climb that ladder of success and what i realized was that's not who i am you know my core values as a man me personally is faith family love wisdom service in that order and you know um and i was kind of dying internally and, and really losing sight of who i was because i I love helping and serving people. You know, that's what makes me feel alive. I, I've loved entertaining people, you know, and be, being that, you know, the WWE hired me and gave me that opportunity to be able to walk into a hospital, like a children's hospital or, or a on a base, you know, and like bring a smile to a family or a kid that's hurting or a, a, a veteran who's a hero of mine that's been wounded and, you know, just wants to forget for a few minutes. That was such a blessing. So seeking to do a lot of that a lot more of that now
0: so what was the conversation like with wwe when they present you this contract as you said generous contract and you basically had to say thanks but no thanks
1: yeah uh there really wasn't a lot of back and forth you know i think uh at that time in my career it was um and and kind of part of me thinks that maybe i thought i'd just come back you know and go figure this out but uh, that really wasn't the case. Um, you know, I I haven't looked at, I can't remember what they said, but it wasn't the, the usual best of luck in your future endeavors. You know, I I got one that, cause I, I quit on Twitter <laughs> or YouTube. I, I did a video and I announced, you know, cause I wanted yeah, to go out. It's still on Twitter if
0: people want to check it out or still yeah. on YouTube.
1: Oh, okay. And yeah. so, uh, you know, that was, I just wanted it to be me you know, uh, letting the fans know how grateful I was and WWE, how grateful I was, but also I was walking out on my own accord, you know, for, for personal reasons. So there wasn't uh, there wasn't any back and forth, you know, so I don't, there's tons of guys sitting in the wings that, you know, yeah. can take these spots and that's what makes that world really difficult to get into and even harder to hang on to once you get that spot.
0: <laughs> well, in your life now, post-WWE, you've become quite the entrepreneur, quite yeah. the businessman. And congratulations to you on 16 Creative, which uh, is a new company you've just founded. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing because it does have some roots in the world we were just talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been really fun. Uh, thank you. Um, you know, I launched this with a couple buddies of mine, uh, combat veterans. So it's majority... Uh, Combat uh, veteran um and I love working with these guys because they're like me, mission minded. You know, mission minded, purpose driven, always seeking significant living. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, "Once you've tasted significance, success will never taste the same." It's a John mm-hmm. Maxwell quote, and uh, you learn that, and and then you learn how to define what success is for you. You can live a very happy life, you know. Um, but for, for me, that's, that's serving and, and serving alongside guys that served our country, you know, I mean, these guys are uh, both, they're both combat veterans, you know, and experienced PTSD and worked with, with Jared, uh, Ashley, who's a country music singer as well. Um, you know, serving veterans and some of these other events. And so we got to talk and he introduced me to David Keller, who works with a lot of country music stars, building their websites, e-commerce platforms, and, and he's, he happens to be a big, big wrestling fan. You know, um, he, he, he doesn't mark out on me though, you know, he, but he, he is learning how to play the million dollar man online and it's awesome. <laughs> 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 Bring it, we're bringing a little bit of the the million dollar man back to life. You know, we've re, revamped his site. Uh, you know, we're doing some product development for him. We've signed uh junkyard dog is, uh, you know, the estate there. We're going to be, reviving some of the JYD uh, brand and, and talking to a couple other guys as well. We've got some contracts we're signing here soon. I'll let you know as soon as we make those announcements. But um, it's really to serve guys like my father who, when you leave the WWE, you know, I mean, you come to this global conglomerate. I mean, this beast of a machine that's worldwide, multi-billion dollar company, uh, marketing machine, and everything's done for you. You know, sure. minus the work you do in the ring or, you know, um, there's a lot of work to do, uh, not making light of that. But when you leave, it, it's good Good luck in your future endeavors, right? <laughs> and uh, which I get it, you know, um, I, that's not their responsibility. We should plan for life after wrestling because the average life of a wrestler, I think, is 5.2 years. Close to what an NFL player is, yeah. And uh, a lot of guys don't plan financially. And then, how do you capitalize? You know, what we're doing with wrestlers specifically, like my my dad, with the wrestling collection, which is a subsidiary of Sixteen Creative. We've also got the military collection and the sports collection. We're going to work with some other NFL legends, NBA legends. We got some announcements coming out on that too. It's really exciting, but. It's really helping these old timers that, man, they can maybe retweet. They're learning how to tweet a little bit, but as far as being on Instagram and Facebook and building a website and the e-commerce and product development, marketing, getting it into distribution channels, and then building a community that they can once again, you know, uh, engage with their fan base in and do it, have fun, uh, work with veterans provide them opportunities for other ways that they can also serve, but also take care of their families. And it's really creating a legacy piece, Chris, that, you know, kind of like an insurance policy. So even when they do pass away, because we're all, we've all got a date with destiny, you know, that day's going to come. Their legacies will live on, you know, in their families. And so uh, we can take that over. And so it's really, it's really special to be able to help some of these guys and that's kind of the mission behind it.
0: So is this the day-to-day for you? I mean, you're working on other businesses as well, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got an insurance company we're launching in September. I'm excited about. Uh I've uh, you know, was doing a lot of speaking and 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 personal, professional leadership development training leading up to COVID. Uh <laughs> so that hit and and uh love doing that, but this has become more of a day-to-day and it's really been fun because it's got me. Reconnected with fans. I've been kind of off social media a lot because, you know, there's, you don't want to get out there and promote just a, a ton of stuff. And I spent a lot of time since I left wrestling trying to find, you know, what, what am I doing next? Like, who is Ted DiBiase? And people ask my wife or my, my, anybody that knows, knows me closely, like, so what's Teddy doing these days? That's a loaded question, man. You know, there's a lot of business development deals. Uh, I've done a lot of biz dev consulting, you know, just really connecting dots for guys. And I've worked with some incredible companies, Delos company out of New York city, doing some great things. And, uh, it, it, we could be here for an hour talking about all the different kinds of deals, you know, and the opportunities that, um, really have been afforded me because of my time at WWE. And I've just learned how to, how to, how to capitalize on those, you know, uh, yeah it It took a minute uh and losing a lot, you know <laughs> it's been like this, man, roller coaster, <laughs> but that's life yeah. when
0: you left w w e without a plan, like you said, yeah. what did you do for those first few months?
1: <laughs> uh I was trying to figure it out it's it's um you know, uh tell people it, find what what you're good at, right, operate in your strength zone yeah. um <laughs> and then surround yourself with people that are, are are strong in the areas that you're not right i spent a lot of time failing when i got out of wwe i mean i raised money we launched a uh i launched a, a startup called give Chat, and it, it just didn't didn't take off just got had you know wrong wrong team members and it, it was really a lot of uh it was an expensive you know lesson but it's one that i think is necessary you know uh, failure is not failure. It's an opportunity to grow and it's necessary for growth. You know, yeah. just like when you go into a gym, you don't, your muscles do not get bigger. You don't, you don't get gains unless you, you push your muscles to a point of failure, right? Yeah. The next time you, you you take what's necessary to grow those muscles. You get the proper sleep. Like there's a process. And so I spent a lot of time, uh, I went through an identity crisis. Honestly, that's when I got really bad. Um, And and it's easier for me to talk now about it, but still hard. You know, it's like, I'm not the wrestler anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not WWE superstar when I meet people, that's what they expect, you know, but well, what else do I have to offer? Am I just a show pony that I'm going to like, you know, Be the guy that takes pictures for the rest of my life. No, I can actually learn new things. You know, I can go to school. I can get my insurance license, which I did. I sold final expense insurance, and then that company actually made me an executive of a. At the time, it was like thirty-four million dollar company, In two years we grew it to like sixty-two million and sold it. And like I was vice president of business development, you know, of of this company, and and so uh, started to really just come into my own and, and realize the things that I'm passionate about. I like helping people, you know, yeah. I, I like building teams. I like being a part of a team and to an extent with, with WWE and, and that wrestling, in that locker room there, there is that team mentality, but it's still a lot. It's still a solo act at the end of the day. Definitely,
0: And it's what's, what's best for me. That's what wrestling is very much. Yeah. So let me ask you this then,
1: Ted, what
0: is your <laughs> identity? now, as we sit here and chat?
1: Uh, well, uh, I'm a father. Uh, first, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a child of God, man. I, I, I love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, I'm, I'm a servant leader, you know. Um, I'm not serving myself anymore. And that motto, purpose-driven, uh, <coughs> mission-minded, purpose-driven, always seeking significant living, That's that's my that's my life motto, you know, and those core values that I listed earlier, faith, family, love, wisdom, service in that order is is how I base my decisions now. You know, and so instead of chasing just uh, luxuries of this world and, and success by the world's definition, um, you know, for me, it's about what what am I storing up eternally? What what am I passing on to my kids? What characteristics am I developing in my life? You know, for love, that's love is patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, is not proud, is not easily angered, is not self-seeking, keeps no record of wrong. It hopes, it endures, it perseveres, and it never fails. And so that when I die, I hope people say, "Hey." He wasn't perfect by no means but he he that's what he was striving for you know
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Wire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think's the biggest lesson that you learned from WWE? that you now apply to your life and what you do with business now?
1: Man, uh, biggest lesson. There were so many, um, never stop growing, you know, never stop learning. Uh, I think the time with like, um, legacy, you know, like I can look back now and I see how focused I was and how hard and just like And it wasn't that I stopped going the extra mile. It was just like, I got comfortable, you know, Mm -hmm. like what it, what it took to get to the WWE was this like insane focus and, and mental, you just grind, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you get there and then, you know, for like two years, I show up and there I'm like in three segments, right? And here's your, here's this, here's that main part of the show, all night long, we're opening the show. We're somewhere in the middle. We're doing run-ins. We're closing the show out, you know. And uh, the, when when we were with Legacy, man, that was just like we're main event all the uh, the overseas tours and just having the time of my life. Yeah. But the second that we had that match at WrestleMania 26, 26. yeah, in Scottsdale, Arizona. The I remember Michael Hayes coming up to me that day before the match. He's like, "So Teddy, what do you want to do next?" I was like, "What? What do you mean? What do I want to do next? What's your job? Like, what am I doing next?" You know, they've been handing me these these promos and the you know these storylines, but there was no plan for after that day, and yeah. that was just really. Um, and, and so, w- to answer your question, like. Know and living my life on mission, the reason why I say that now is like you can always live you out of mission, you know, especially when it's greater than yourself when i'm if I can't serve somebody that's you know needy or homeless today, I can serve my wife, I can serve my son. you know what I mean uh, it, but if i'm if I'm just constantly serving myself like I was, then it's easy to get distracted from what. One really matters, but also from the fact that, you know, when you're not growing personally or professionally, when you're not really continuing to push yourself and you get to that place where I've arrived, you're not just coasting right there. You're actually taking steps backwards Mm. and you're you're distracted. You're you're blinded from it, you know, and that's when when they say, what are you going to do next? Well, I should have had a book of ideas. I'm not blaming it on them. You know, I should have had all these ideas and different character, you know, that I was gonna pitch, but I got dependent on the system.
0: Yeah. And the I mean the idea that if you're not moving forward, if you're staying in the same spot, you are in fact going backwards. That is that is so true. Right. You're done. Who in WWE or anyone that you worked with do you still keep in touch with?
1: Uh I it's been for a while, uh, you know, stayed in touch a lot with, with Sheamus. Uh we hadn't spoken in a while, but uh love that guy. We lived together, you know, before we, we both started on TV. Um, and, but uh, it's it's funny, man. You just kind of lose touch. Uh, I, have, I have lost touch with a lot of guys. I would love to reconnect with a lot of guys, you know, those guys that really came on the scene with, you know, was super close with, with obviously Cody and, daniel uh brian missed that dude he's godsend to me in japan and uh kofi kingston was like he's just one of the best human beings on the planet you know but um you just kind of lose touch and a lot of that's probably on me uh because uh some of the stuff that i struggled through during my identity crisis when i left you know i got faith going through all this depression and anxiety and stuff that i've never experienced you know, um, I, I isolate, that's how I was coping, you know, along with, uh, alcohol abuse and, and by the grace of God, you know, and, and the, when we lost the child, October 21st, 2015, and I almost lost my wife, that was a big wake up call for me, you know? And so that kind of really snapped me out of things. And, um, and I quit feeling sorry for myself and trying to recreate success. I, I created in WWE doing all this other stuff. I was like, let me get back to the basics. And so I started serving in my dad's ministry and it just kind of evolved from there. And then I went and sold insurance and became an executive and started companies. And now sky's the limit.
0: I mean, it makes sense that you maybe don't keep in touch with people from that because it feels like a past life. Like, I don't know, like you haven't, we haven't wrestled in WWE and coming up on 10 years now.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: That must feel like a, like a lifetime ago.
1: It feels like a different life. You know, it's funny when I see videos or somebody sends me, you know, a screenshot of Marine 2. I guess it still plays on TV every, you know. You still five.
0: get the residual checks, right? For like 43 <laughs> yeah. cents? No,
1: I didn't have anybody sign of, uh, You know, I didn't have an agent then. That was a, a one-time gig. I wish I got those residuals. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, that was a bad, bad deal, but I was I was happy
0: to be there, right? Sure. And you know, again, I mentioned this at the start of the interview, but the fact that you were basically a year into your WWE career and then you're headlining one of their films, I I I don't think that's ever happened before.
1: Yeah, no, I, I was uh humbled and grateful for the opportunity and, and and at that point I think you know it was like, well. An- another lesson. Well, this is just never going to stop. You know, I'm, I'm on my way to the top and, yeah. and like the Bible says, pride goeth before a fall, you know? And I don't think it was an intentional pride. Like, Oh, look at me. Uh, you know, I've always prided myself and being a humble, you know, personable, uh, guy, especially with fans. And, but it was that internal subconscious, like I worked my ass off to get here, you know, and now, I'm reaping the rewards and I deserve this. And and not that I, I let my foot off the pedal. I just, I just thought it was going to keep coming without, without planning, you know, and being intentional. And so, yeah.
0: So was the Marine too, just part of your WWE contract? Like you didn't get anything extra for it?
1: Well, no, I I did. That was a a separate deal. Yeah, I think my entire check went to uh, paying for my taxes that year because I went from like making five hundred bucks a week to a lot more than that. And uh, so, yeah, my my movie check covered my taxes, which it was it was significant. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, it was nice. You know, wish I would have saved more money too.
0: You know, you, you mentioned Cody and from one entrepreneur to another, you must be pretty impressed with what he's done with AEW.
1: Super impressed, man. And and I've said it for a long time. I mean, the dude's super intelligent. He's one of the hardest workers you'll meet, you know, and I'm so excited and happy for his success. That's another relationship. You know, I think that, Probably on my side, it was uh, – um, I, I wish was better today. But um, I'm happy for him and Brandy and, and all those guys at AEW. I love what they're doing for, for the wrestlers, you know, for the wrestling world, the industry. Um, just being – seems like they're being treated right. And, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think they're doing a great job. And I hope, I hope they hang on, man. I hope they, they pass the old man, you know, before he <laughs> hits the bucket.
0: Well, look, I think if they can survive during COVID, they should be able to survive anything that's thrown at them. I agree.
1: I totally agree. And they got great talent, man. You know, they got some, some guys that are studs, And, yeah. and it's, it's wrestling. Like, it's good. I wouldn't expect less from those guys.
0: Yeah. I'm curious. Is your dad now a better grandfather than he was the father to you?
1: Uh, my dad watches kids every single day. Okay. And they're my brothers, but yeah, um, I won't, I can't do that to him. You know, I won't say he's, he's better. I think he's just loves the fact like now he's got more time to, to be there. He was
0: on the road, you know, that was the lifestyle of a wrestler.
1: It was, you know, they were rock stars at that, that point it was like, you know, the eighties that, I mean, they were legit rock stars. And so, Uh yeah, it was he's probably more of uh more responsible these days, you know, than he was the, with the blonde hair and, and, and all the bling he used to wear. A lot of that stuff is hilarious to think back on, but um, he he is a great grandfather, man. He's a big old teddy bear for sure. Is
0: his character laugh anywhere close to his real life laugh?
1: It, A little bit, it's it's that loud, you know. It doesn't matter where he's at. Like, if we're in a restaurant, you know, and you go to the bathroom or something, my dad laughs. Like, (laughs) you you know, he is. But that 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 signature laugh is so, it's just iconic, you know. It it is. There's nobody else that has that. I was I was like, I think we need to figure out how to trademark this, and you know, (laughs) we're working on that.
0: (laughs) <laughs> what was the conversation like when you brought back the million dollar belt was it something that did you talk to your dad about that first or did it start with wwe first
1: yeah it started with with wwe i, I think that was um you know one of the things that really i wouldn't say uh, started a downfall it felt like a downfall you know you go from up here to Working dark matches like it just kills, and that's probably a test, you know. And and but I just never owned that, you know, because there was that part that was, you know, well, this was my dad, and I, and that was stupid on my behalf, you know. Like this is entertainment, like own it and and make the most of it and be as authentic as you can. And I think I had some subconscious like barriers that really kept me from you know getting into that that character you know or or developing that character you know i that was like when you don't know who you are you know or you feel uh separated from a character that you're you're trying to act out it does not come off well you know that's mm-hmm. why the greatest Characters in wrestling are those that really are just they themselves, amped up. Yeah. You know, uh, the Randy Ortons and the Stone Cold's and the Rock. You know, yeah. Hulk Hogan. My dad, <laughs> for a while, he was the million dollar man. You know, he lived it. Like I saw it because uh, I remember seeing the shift in him when um, he quit being that guy. Like it's it was so noticeable, even at home. You know, not that he walked around saying. Sorry to shine my shoes you know
0: everybody's got a price right
1: (laughs) we're having fun with that stuff now though we're gonna have some good uh promo videos coming out soon i can't wait
0: to see it Mm -hmm. ted if your kids wanted to get into wrestling how would you feel about that
1: oh man (sighs) uh uh, uh, i'm gonna support you know whatever they want to do i believe in that and um in in giving them the proper instructions to the best of my ability, positioning them for the greatest success they can have, whatever that is. Uh, I would want to know if it's like really what they're passionate about. Is it really, or is, you know, are they chasing fame or money? Those things are fleeting and and that's not a good reason, you know? Uh, And so, but I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not going to tell him like my dad told me like over my dead body, you're not going to be a wrestler. Um, and he I said that to you oh, and my your brothers that.
0: too? Your dad said that to you and your brothers?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was kind of the, uh, we just didn't think it was going to be possible for so mm-hmm. long. And then, you know, when I graduated college, my senior year in college, well, my sixth year <laughs> uh, or fifth year, uh, my dad got hired back by the WWE. You know, so he spent a short, stint there like behind the scenes and saw things had changed a lot since he had last been there. And, uh, that's where I saw my opening. I was like, all right, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but I've always wanted to wrestle and I'm going for it. So, uh, yeah, my daughter wants to be a diva. Oh man. She's only three right now and I'm already struggling with, you know, Thinking about her driving or some kid showing up at my house. I told my wife, I was like, look, I may be like 350 pounds by that point, but I'm putting my Speedos back on and my boots and I'm answering the door in my wrestling gear <laughs> you know, for the first pump that shows up at my house. like want to take her out on a date. He's screwed, man. Show my highlight reel, just me beating up Cena the whole time. <laughs>
0: With all that said, how much do you think becoming a father has changed you as a person?
1: Oh, drastically, man. it's It's the best thing. It's the greatest gift and and the the greatest honor. you know, I'm so thankful to the Lord for that. And I have the best kids ever, you know, I'm blessed that they're healthy and and they're good kids. My son, thank the Lord got my wife's brain and uh so smart um you know it and and i've, I've had time with them you know but it it's, it becomes like it's not about you anymore you know like you look at the world through a different lens and it's a it's a beautiful perspective uh you know when you can when you put them before yourself or their their dreams and passions before your very own you know it it makes you a better person you can't help but uh so Mine do at least. You know, I've had the best experience, but I also have like a much, much better half of my wife, who's my high school sweetheart. Um, so she keeps me level headed too,
0: grounded. You know, at the end of the video that you made when you left WWE, you ended it by saying, I'm going to go fishing now. So, how much fishing have you been doing over the last eight years?
1: Bro, I have done so much fishing. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, right. wearing, I
0: love that you're wearing an Under Armour fishing shirt right now, too. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: all I got, man. You should see my closet, dude. I could, I've got so many shirts that just fish. You know, they say fish. Uh, I I love fishing. Like my dream job would to be. I want a 92 foot, you know, Viking sport fish, and I just want to go like disappear on the ocean and chase blue marlin and black marlin. So uh i love to fish man i've got a trip going down to south louisiana this weekend going out for some red fish and some specks. but nice. i live on a lake i catch crappie all the time and we eat a lot of fish i've been doing a lot of fishing i, I was <laughs> true to my word <laughs> you also have bass in your backyard
0: don't you oh yeah big ones so i i, I own a bass fishing company called woo tungsten i'll have to send you some gear actually Dude,
1: let's, let's go fishing one day, man.
0: I will come to your place and we'll catch some fish in your backyard.
1: I'm serious, bro. I got, I got a bass boat. We can go. Uh, What kind of bass
0: boat do you have? A G3. Very nice. I just, I had a Ranger Z520 for years that I just sold.
1: Nice.
0: Nice. I live, I I now live in California, but I lived in um, Miami for a while. Yeah, Like if I'm going to live near Lake Okeechobee, which is one of the best bass fishing oh. lakes in the entire world, oh, I've got, got to
1: utilize this. Yeah, you got to, man. I Look, I've got a lake, it, not the one I live on, but it's five minutes from my house. And I can promise you uh, we'll catch at least 15 or 20 and nothing will be less than five pounds. And you'll hook into some double digits. It's, oh it's what, what? What is your biggest largemouth? Uh, nine uh uh nine pounds uh but i've hooked a couple that i didn't land you know yeah. that uh man the ones that got away they were all always- yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we've gone very off track here but man yeah. i love to- i could talk about fishing all day did, <laughs> you also work with like kids a lot where did that passion come from for you
1: I, it it's really uh you know a lot of that is when i when i left Uh, before I left to go wrestle, you know, I did went on a lot of mission trips and and it was really about serving people. You know, it's not something that it's a facade. Uh, That's just what I love to do. That's the part where, you know, it's not what we do. It's it's who we become along the way and what we do with what we've been given, you know? So um, I don't think that, you know, I've been given a platform like I have to just be happy and, and you know, be selfish with it. Um, plus the most alive I feel and the greatest joy I get is when I can take a kid or 300 of them, which we've done and put together a week long camp and they've, you know, these are the horror stories, man. I think about some of these kids, uh, that, that, you know, underprivileged is just uh, a, <laughs> it's not even the right word, but have been physically, sexually, verbally abused, you know, neglected, homeless, like, and to take them out of that environment, put them in a safe environment where they're, they're being poured into and just loved on and where they, they all of a sudden realize that they're, they've got value, you know, and they've got choices that they can make. Like that is, there's nothing that was the word that was written on my butt, uh, years ago, priceless, <laughs> yeah. that's priceless, you know, yeah. because there's no expectation. There's nothing in return, except, uh, being able to see them smile and then know that somebody's got their back, like, and then staying with some of these guys and mentoring them. That's what, uh, discipling that that's happiness. That That's fulfilling to me, you know? Yeah. So, kind of the same, same way we're taking this company and doing that for an older generation, you know, or guys just don't realize what they have and, and, you know, just holding holding their hand a little bit, you know, yeah, in, in a good way. So
0: what are some of the top books that you recommend for people? Cause I feel like you're like, you have so many books behind you here and I feel like you've been <laughs> quoting John Maxwell, who I think is incredible and a legend, but what are some of the books that you uh, give to people most often?
1: I like, uh, there's, there's a book that, um, I think right now would be great for everybody to, uh, read Daring Greatly, uh, by Mm -hmm. Dr. Brene Brown. Yeah. Um, it talks about vulnerability being the foundation of connectivity and, you know, as an entertainer, that's really important, you know, being willing to be vulnerable. And (laughs) it, it also brings out a, uh, uh, you know, an authenticity side, like we can break barriers when we're, we're, when we're vulnerable, we can be more trustworthy, you know, um, gosh, books, what, uh, you know, Jocko Williams. I love, um, what, what was the one I just read? Um, it's white. I'm looking at it.
0: It's probably behind you it in
1: a minute. I'll but- look it up here. Yeah, because I know um, the book you're talking about. Leaders eat last, you know. um, There's gosh. extreme ownership. Extreme ownership, dude. There it is. Okay, just go read that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> go read that. Stop making excuses. Yeah. Own, own your life. You know. Own your time. Uh, make make the most of it. You know. It's like what we do with that time is, is so precious. And, you know, when yeah. you're willing to own your, your mistakes, yeah, like it's okay. And, and like, I want to teach that to my son. I don't want to make excuses for him. I don't want to make excuses for myself. Yeah. Um, you can grow so much quicker and it's just, it's just a faster path to success, but that is such a great book. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially if you have teammates, you know, if you're, if you, part of a sales force or in in a company or an employee or a leader, especially like that's a good one.
0: Yeah. I like that idea that like we are a culmination of all the decisions that we have made.
1: 100%. And it's
0: not about, you know, it's not about what happens to us it's about how we react to the things that happen to us.
1: Right. You're, you're an average of what you surround yourself with. You know, the, the books you read or don't read the music or TV you watch or listen to, five closest people in your life that are speaking into your life, you know? And so your reality cannot expand beyond that until you expand it. And, you know, sometimes people are like, well, do you want to be a millionaire? Yeah, I want to be a millionaire. Well, go work for a millionaire. Well, I don't know any millionaires. At at that point, you've lost me, you know, because, yeah, go find one, go work for free. Go carry his bags, do whatever it takes, bugging till he gives you a job, work for free, however long it takes and be surround yourself with people that are successful. If you want to be successful, like you are an average of what you surround yourself with. Nothing changes. Like I can't become a, ru- a wrestler until I went to a wrestling school. Sure. You know, my dad's a wrestler, but. Uh, we didn't have a wrestling ring in my backyard. You know, we didn't have the dungeon like the, the hearts did. <laughs> but the, the second I surrounded myself with wrestlers, yeah, what happens? You know, and yeah. so, uh, yeah, that's the good stuff.
0: No, I love this. This is this has been like so incredibly inspiring. Like, thank
1: you. For, <laughs> good. A vastly well, different
0: you. interview than the one we did 12 years ago.
1: <laughs> well, I'm old now. I've got gray hair, you know. Oh, get out of here. The,
0: <laughs> I think we're the same age. 38? I just turned 38.
1: Okay. Yeah. We're 38. So we're not 40 yet, bro.
0: Yeah. Come on. Don't, don't pretend like we're old.
1: Mm. Jeez. It's good stuff.
0: I end every interview, Ted talking about gratitude, which I know is a really important thing in mm. your life. And yes. curious if you could list list off the three things in your life that you're grateful for right now.
1: Oh man. Uh, it's much bigger than three, but, um, uh, my faith, number one that that keeps hope in in such a dark time and when things are you know um uncertain uh I have something that I can hold on to that is certain, and you know so for me it's my my faith, my family uh, I'm so blessed to have such incredible family you know and i would I would throw some friends in there you know as well that are just uh not fair weather friends. They're, they're good they're through the good and the bad, you know um, we weren't meant to do life alone. And so, you know, finding um, people that you can do life with that, you know, you can lean on and be honest and vulnerable with and, and be accountable to like, those are things that are I'm so grateful for. And, you know, right now just our health. Uh, I am so grateful for you know, um, my, my, like I said earlier, my children's health, my family's healthy. And so there's so many people that are hurting that have lost loved ones. And my heart goes out to all those people, you know? And so I, I don't take that for granted, not yeah. one day. And and that's something I'm learning to when I pray, you know, it's just, that's how we we start our prayers, you know, tell my son, you know, you enter, you enter courts with thanksgiving. You know, and so entering a conversation or entering your day with Thanksgiving in your heart instead of bitterness or jealousy or you know um, unforgiveness, like it, it just it gives you power over the day. And so I love that you do that, man. So those are my three.
0: Well, I start and end every day saying out loud three things I'm grateful for because I think that if you're in this state of gratitude, how could you possibly be upset?
1: Amen. I agree, man. Yeah. I agree totally. Gratitude is your attitude, you know. I love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How can people find out more about 16 Creative?
1: Yeah, you can go to 16creative.com and it's the the number spelled out, 16. Um uh, we've got the wrestling collection, we're on social media. If you go to 16creative.com, everything's on there. Um I'm not the technical guys, you know. Uh my partners David Keller and Jared Ashley are super talented and they're awesome um, but yeah get in touch with us see some of the stuff we're doing uh, I have to send you some million dollar coffee go check out milliondollarman.com see all the products he got out we got some new stuff coming too so
0: I love it well Trey I'll send you some Wu Tungsten and okay a million dollar uh, coffee
1: deal bro deal
0: there it is Ted so good to catch up with you thank you so much
1: likewise bro thanks for having me appreciate it bro. <laughs> Well, there we go. TDJ,
0: Ted DiBiase Jr. Those are good initials, TDJ. I wonder if anyone calls him that. I should have asked him that. Huge thank you to him for doing this because he does not do a lot of them. And thank you to you for being on this ride with us. There's just a huge message in there about self-identity and self-discovery. So I hope that if you're struggling with that, that the words that Ted said here really resonate with you. Take a screenshot, let us know what stood out for you the most. Tag Ted on Twitter, he's at Ted Dibiase. On Instagram, he's at Ted DiBiase Jr. Official. You can tag me at Vleet. And if you've made it this far and you're still not following the show, please take a second right now to click subscribe or follow on whatever platform it is that you're listening on. And I will leave you with one of my favorite quotes from Tony Robbins, who says, Life isn't about what you get. Life Is about who you become. Be great. Be grateful, my friends. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.